Plaza Direct King's Court starts now.
good Tuesday morning, St. Louis and all parts northeast, south, and west. Kevin Slayton with you as we welcome you into the Window World King's Court on KevinSlaytonShow.com. This is where you come to hear the live version every single day. The podcast, of course, will be on our website right here on Amazon, Apple, Google, Spotify, Anchor, and any other place you listen to podcasts. You can find our show. Our phone lines are always open for you at 636-538-0746. 636-538-0746. A quick programming announcement on Thursday morning. Bill DeWitt III, the Cardinals president, will join us at 8 o'clock Central Time. That's this Thursday. And we'll go over what's taking place in the baseball season. Cardinals losing an in extra innings to the woeful Cincinnati Reds last night. <laughs> That's virtually inexcusable. But once again, it was Cardinal pitching that let them down. And it will let them down all year. Remember the softball scores, the slow pitch softball scores that they've been amassing lately. Those will go away. And then you have to win on pitching. It's the way it always is. Check Houston. The Astros pitching is kicking it into high gear despite some injuries, and they've now won eight in a row. And they're off and running toward what they hope will be a back-to-back World Series championship. The Cardinals have no chance to win the World Series as presently constructed. You can't win without pitching. People are, oh, wait a minute, it's not even Memorial Day. I don't care. (laughs) You can't win without pitching. I don't care if it's Christmas. You can't win without pitching. It's that simple. And they have none. I've never seen a team have zero pitching, and they have zero. And when they get a decent performance from a, a starter, they call up Liberator. The imbecile manager, Marmol, puts him in in relief three days later. What, what's that all about? Now what's he got to do, skip a start? You get one effective performance, and now he has to skip a start because your manager used him in relief? Stop it. Stop it now. So that'll be Thursday morning. Bill DeWitt the third will be visiting with us. Yesterday we got the news that Rick Hummel passed away. Rick Hummel was the longtime beat writer for the Cardinals in the Post-Dispatch, back when the Post-Dispatch was a real newspaper, and back when baseball was a real game, and when beat writers were the thing. They no longer are. Now they're just simply an extension of the ball club and their PR department. But Rick Hummel, for better than 50 years, wrote for the Post-Dispatch, wrote baseball columns later in his career, But he was a wildly popular writer in the sports world. A guy that um, enjoyed a good drink and a good story. And he could tell them, and he could drink them, and he could have fun. And he was a wonderful guy and a staple at Cardinal Spring Trainings. He always had his NCAA tournament bracket ready for you as soon as you got to spring training. You had to jump in. And everybody did. So we will miss Rick Hummel. He had been retired now for just a little while. Pretty much had taken a back seat, though, for quite a while. But they're going on us, I'm telling you. Now, there's another guy the Cardinals might want to think about putting a patch on their sleeve. They could have a patch with three different people. They could have a silhouette of Hummel and his hat. They could have the number 15 for Tim McCarver and the number 18 for Mike Shannon or just a microphone. But instead, they have a patch of Stiefel Nicholas because they're getting paid. I'm just at a loss. But nonetheless, we'll talk about all those issues on Thursday. 
We in this country do not have a race problem. We have a Democrat-liberal problem. And Democrat-liberals will continue to try to make you think we have a race problem because they peddle race better than anybody. I I shouldn't say better. They peddle race more than anybody because it's all they have, and they will peddle it until the cows come home and until they drop dead. Democrats have nothing to offer you as an electorate. They have nothing to offer you as American citizens except racial hatred and racial divide. High taxes, they offer you that. They offer you open borders, of course, but I'm talking about something that's good for you. They have nothing to peddle, so they peddle race. Let's divide you along racial lines, make you hate anybody conservative because, after all, they're white. Actually, there are plenty of black conservatives. One just announced yesterday he's running for president, Tim Scott. And that was met with the usual furor by the black liberals on The View. Basically, Tim Scott's an Uncle Tom because he succeeded as a black man and he's running for president. So he's an Uncle Tom. It's unbelievable the mentality of some black people. It blows me away. And white people too, these woke white people. But it's unbelievable that they cannot salute a guy who rose from poverty to become a senator and now a presidential candidate. It doesn't matter whether he'll win or not. He won't. He won't get the nomination. But his career is one to admire, not to tear down. But liberals have no other thing to say. They can't be complimentary of someone if they don't agree with them. There can be no redeeming social value to you whatsoever if you don't agree with a a liberal in their mind. They're a mentally deranged bunch. And now they're peddling race like never before. The NAACP, which used to be an organization that at least pretended to look out for the black community, certainly doesn't anymore. It's nothing but a political arm of the liberal freaks. That's all it is. It does nothing for black people. To me, it's always been a bigoted organization. To call yourself the National Association of Black or of Colored People, by the way, you're using the term colored, which is a little bit outdated. You might want to say black people. But nonetheless, if you had an NAAWP of white people, it would be called a racist terrorist organization filled with white supremacists. That's the way this country works. I was talking to a friend of mine yesterday who has been extensively traveling in Europe recently, and he said they don't have these problems in Europe. They just don't. They don't have race issues at all. Only this country. And why is it? Is that because we're racist here? Of course not. You heard Jim Brown say yesterday on the show here, this isn't a racist country. As he pointed out, if it weren't for large groups of white people doing the right thing, blacks would have never had a chance in this country. So we don't have a race problem. We have race baiting problems. And we have no shortage of race baiters. From Whoopi Goldberg to Al Sharpton to Jesse Jackson, you name it, there are race baiters everywhere. Some are white, some are black. But they love to stir the racial pot. And so now the NAACP has jumped into the water. Derek Johnson is the NAACP president and CEO, and he's decided that he hates Florida. Now, why does he hate Florida? He hates Florida for one reason, 
because Ron DeSantis is about to announce he'll run for president. So let the smear campaign begin from the liberals. Start with the blacks. Call him a racist. That's how they, the liberals usually do it. Trot out their black uh, voters, or not voters, their so-called black leaders, and play the race card. That's how liberals operate. It's right out of their playbook, playbook 101, first page. Call the opposition a racist. If you don't do that, then you fail as a liberal. So that's the the reason for the NAACP all of a sudden deciding that Florida... <laughs> The state of Florida needs a travel advisory issued that it's dangerous for black people to travel to Florida. Isn't that amazing? It's dangerous for black people to travel to Florida. Huh. Is it dangerous for black people to travel to, I don't know, Chicago, Baltimore, Detroit, New York, Los Angeles, St. Louis. You think they might issue a travel advisory to those cities? That is actually a dangerous place for black people to travel to. All of those cities I just mentioned, but not Florida. Florida's number one in black-owned businesses, number one in the country. But why are they all of a sudden claiming Florida is dangerous for black people? Because there's an election that's going to come out of Florida. The two most prominent Republicans running for president are from Florida. They live in Florida. Donald Trump and now Ron DeSantis. And this is DeSantis' kickoff week. He's going to announce he's running this week. And so the NAACP was dispatched as the first Dobermans to go out there and smear Ron DeSantis. You can say that you don't agree with Ron DeSantis' policies. You may not like him personally. But to call him a racist, please, knock it off. Quit being a jackass, you race-baiting loser. And this is Derek Johnson doing his best race-baiting impressions. The governor has uh, perfected the art of doing stunts to gain campaign contributions. Unfortunately, this will impact people's lives. Uh, We should not use race or othering as a tool to weaponize against people. And unfortunately, for a large percentage of the Floridians, that's what he has done. Therefore, we are advising African Americans and others that if you travel to Florida, beware that your life is not valued, that we have a political landscape that could cause harm. (laughs) He's so asinine, you have to laugh at him. You just have to mock somebody who's that abjectly stupid. First of all, he, he talks about it can harm people's lives. No, it's, it's people's lives. Learn the frickin' language. That's number one. Learn how to speak. You sound like a blubbering illiterate. And it could cause harm to black people to travel to Florida. Really? What is your president down there doing living there? I forget. There's another NAACP living in, uh, leader in, living in Fort Lauderdale, black woman. You'll hear from her in a little bit. She lives in Florida. Why? Why do you people live in Florida if it's so dangerous to blacks? Well, they know it's not. They know they're lying. That's why. But people are starting to see through this, I do believe. Nobody in their right mind could consider this country racist. Nobody. The race baiters are good. It's good for business, though. 
People like Derek Johnson make a fortune being a race baiter, being a liar. Could cause harm coming to Florida. How about him saying no one should use race and weaponize it in politics? (laughs) The unbelievable arrogance and stupidity of these people to insult our intelligence. You're the guy that's using race as a weapon. You, Derek Johnson. Byron Donalds is a black congressman who is from Florida, lives there, and he reacted to the insanity that is Derek Johnson. This is silly and it's dumb. It's political. It makes no sense. We should be focused on making sure people actually have the opportunity to achieve, which Florida is actually doing and thriving in way better than than other states, let's say New York or California or Washington State. We're doing a significantly better job helping black Americans succeed. Um, And it's not just about me. It's about all the millions of black people that live in our state. That's exactly right. And and. Johnson thought as he made his tour of liberal networks, MSNBC, CNN, NBC, CBS, ABC, he thought he was going to be spoon-fed his race-baiting crap. Instead, he got a little resistance. And this is why I'm saying that people are growing tired of the race-baiting, I think. Here's a reporter asking him, why are you focusing on Florida? Why is the NAACP focusing specifically on Florida? Because you have an individual who's leaning towards running for the presidency. This problem is a result of an election. It would only be fixed as a result of an election. So we are preparing now for future elections. What a freaking liar. At least he, he stumbled into telling the truth there. This is based on somebody about to run for an election. Yeah, that's all it is. If Ron DeSantis weren't going to run for president and weren't going to announce it this week, the NAACP would have no problem with Florida. They would have no travel advisory. Can you imagine a country that has moronic groups like the NAACP, nothing but a pack of racist bigots, running around issuing travel advisories to parts of the country? What in the hell is wrong with you? You people are sick. You are mentally deranged and unstable. And you treat a lie as if it were a piece of gold. No one values lies like liberals. It's all they do is lie. And they lie because telling the truth would destroy their agenda. You've got this psychotic black professor at this university throwing books back at pro-life students who set up a small little stand with pro-life material. She went over to them, cursed them, dropped F-bombs on This is a professor. Told them to get their books the F out of here. She didn't say F. And that woman, because she's black and because she's a woman, still has a job. There's no other reason for her having a job. And they want to tell you how oppressed they are? You got to be shitting me. The least oppressed people in the entire world are black people in America especially black women. Then Johnson went over to CNN to try to get his fill of liberalism, and he was asked, wait a minute, Florida ranks real high in everything that's pro-black. Florida has moved into the number one spot in the United States for black-owned businesses and number two for Hispanic and number 
too, for women-owned businesses as well. How do you address that with this new ban? First of all, that's propaganda language. Over the last several years, it wasn't because of anything he did in policy. Florida, by geography, is an attractive place where people would like to go. Oh, it's propaganda. No, propaganda means it's lies. It's fact. Florida's number one and number two in those areas. So there is no propaganda, Derek Johnson. The propagandist is you. You and Joseph Goebbels would make good friends. Except he actually was a racist, just like you. So you'd probably be having a lot of things in common. Propaganda? It wasn't anything Ron DeSantis has done? Wasn't his policies? People go to Florida because of the climate? Did people just discover in the last couple of years that Florida was warm and sunny? And that they had beaches? Call me a genius, but I've known about that my whole life. I must be good. Smart. I'm a highly intellectual person. I knew Florida was sunny and warm and had beaches. According to Derek Johnson, the president and CEO of the NAACP, climate's the reason. Nothing to do with Ron DeSantis. Talk to anyone you know that lives in Florida, and they'll tell you they consider DeSantis to be a rock star. So they believe their governor has a lot to do with it. It's pretty incredible people like Derek Johnson actually speak. But even worse than him is this woman by the name of Asha Mills. She calls herself a Democratic strategist. She's black. It looks like she might be mulatto. She has light-colored skin, but she is partially black. She considers Florida to be a terrorist state. I just took my family to, to spring break in Florida recently, and I think about all of the folks who traveled there for sun and joy um, and peace and restoration, and to be reminded that actually this is getting to the point where Florida is about to be a terrorist state to, to many of us here in America, certainly as a lesbian, as a black woman. I don't want to have anything to do with the place, um, and I think about all the other people who don't want to travel there either, and so I think it was very clever on behalf of the NAACP. I thank them uh, for issuing this broad uh, guidance. <laughs> Can you be any dumber than that woman? Is black lesbian code for really, really stupid? Because the two black lesbians that I've heard speak recently are really, really stupid. You have Karine Jean-Pierre, and now you have someone named Alicia Mills, who just told you in one breath that she just got back from taking her family on vacation to Florida, that people go there for the sun and the beaches and the relaxation and the restoration, she said. Sounds like a great place. And then said, it's close to becoming a terrorist state, and I don't want anything to do with it. You don't want anything to do with it. You just went there on vacation. She thanks the NAACP for that clever move. That was clever, all right. Calling Florida terrorist state or a racist state. That's clever. People actually listen to someone like her. The, the black lesbian, she had to point out that she's a black lesbian, of course. Black lesbians always point that out. Did you notice? I'm a black lesbian. As if that's a qualification for some higher calling or some job opportunity. It actually is for a job opportunity. We know that in this country. If you're a black lesbian, you're at the top of the job list. Doesn't matter how stupid you are. 
and you are stupid. I mean, stupid is as stupid does, Forrest Gump once said. You heard her say that she just vacationed with her family in Florida, and she doesn't want anything to do with Florida. It's a terrorist state. People go there for relaxation, restoration, sunshine. Sounds like heaven to me. But all of a sudden, it was a terrorist state. Not good for black lesbians. What did they do to you? Did you, when you walked into a restaurant, they say, aha, a black lesbian, get out of here. No, they didn't say that. Did they stop you from grocery shopping because you're a black lesbian? No, they didn't say that. Did they stop you from renting a car? No. Stop you from renting a hotel room? No. Stop you from going to the beach? No. Stop you from landing on a plane? No. They didn't do anything to her. But she's a constantly oppressed victim who's so mentally, morally, and character-wise bankrupt, she has nothing to say except it's a terrorist state. Liberals aren't prone to hyperbole, are they? They don't over-exaggerate things. Well, that's that's not even a correct term here because you're not exaggerating anything. There is no racism in the state of Florida. It's not a bad place for black people. No place in this country is except, guess where? Cities run by black politicians. Those are the dangerous places for black people. And you know where they are. Most of them are sanctuary cities who want nothing to do with brown people. Oh, wait a minute. When we said sanctuary cities, we meant vote for us. We didn't mean live here. We don't want anything to do with you living here, you slimy bastards. Get out of here. That's what they're saying. That's what these liberal cities are telling all of these illegal aliens that Biden brought to them. Wait a minute. We don't want them now. They're actually here. You mean they're actually here? We didn't think they'd be here. We thought we could say that and get away with it and never have to deal with it. But now they're here? Oh, geez. That ain't good. We didn't want them. Didn't want them. (laughs) I don't even know where to begin with these people. I guess you begin where you end. They're just stupid. They're really dumb people. The black lesbian Asia Mills. Gianno Caldwell is black. He lives in Florida. And he, you know where he was from? Chicago. He lost his little brother in a gangbang shooting up there. Drive-by shooting. The little brother wasn't doing anything wrong, just living. But that's what happens when you live in Chicago and you're black. Your risk of dying is multiplied exponentially. But the NAACP has no travel advisory for black people to Chicago. Perfectly safe, they say. Come on in. The water's fine. But Florida, on the other hand, Gianna, what can you tell us about the NAACP? I can tell you the NAACP has gone from a premier organization in service of black people to an organization that serves white liberals, Democrat politicians, and Democrat activists. This has become Al Sharpton 2.0. In 2021 alone, we saw uh, visitors who came all across the state of Florida bring in over $100 billion dollars. That helped service 1.7 billion, 1.7 million jobs. We got 3.3 million black people within the state of Florida. 3.3 million black people. Sounds like a terrorist state to me. Those black people better scurry and get out of there. Hurry before you can't get out. It's a racist state. Travel advisory. 
No black people go to Florida. Get rid of the 3.3 million that are there. Horace Cooper is also black and very intelligent. And his reaction to the NAACP was simple. It's just getting more poisonous, as everyone knows, that this wedge mentality where we divide people, whether it's the rich versus the poor, whether it's men versus women, or whether we're talking about now races, whites versus blacks, the poison in all of that has intensified. You know, there was once a time when Democrats like FDR tried to unite us by saying that all we have to fear is fear itself. Today's wokesters, including the NAACP, they can rephrase that. All they have to offer is fear itself. Carpe diem, Horace Cooper. He's so right. The fear-mongering on the part of the liberals and the part of the media is epically stupid. If they can't scare you with COVID... Then they'll try to scare you with the race boogeyman. Oh, my God. Those white people in Florida are racist. Travel advisory. Travel advisory. Like there's bad weather or something coming. Are there guard towers set up on the border of the state of Florida that eliminate black people? If you're black and you go to Florida, all of a sudden you lose your ability to go work, earn a paycheck, go to school. Is that what happens? They don't serve you in bars and restaurants if you're black in Florida? Because that's what would be a terrorist state that Asia Mills called it. Or that's what would make it dangerous for to issue a travel advisory if you're the NAACP. I didn't know the NAACP had gotten into the weather business issuing travel advisories. I always thought a travel advisory meant it was going to snow. But apparently that's not it. A black person travel advisory. (laughs) Again, no travel advisories to St. Louis, to Chicago, to New York. As a white person, I don't want to go into those cities either. There should be a, a, a biracial travel advisory to those cities, Baltimore, Detroit. You want to go there? Who in their right mind wants to go to downtown St. Louis or Chicago or Detroit or Baltimore or New York City? Who wants to go there? Want to go to New Orleans? Good luck. It's been nice knowing you. But no travel advisories to those places. No siree, because they're run by blacks. Mike Huckabee, the former governor of Arkansas, gets it, and he understands that people are tired of it and makes you wonder, Governor Huckabee, are people ignoring Florida? They're just going to stay away from Florida now with this travel advisory? Florida had 38 million tourists, which is a record for Florida. They've never had that many ever in the first quarter of the year. You know, I I think the whole thing that this idea that everything is about race, it's worn out. Nobody believes it anymore. And I think the best way to deal with this kind of stuff is respond with ridicule. Just laugh in their faces and tell them, you guys have got to come up with something better. This just isn't working anymore. It works for some people. We know that because the woke people hear that and they just bend over backwards. I was talking to a friend of mine the other day and he said his daughters had trouble with the movie Grand Torino with Clint Eastwood. First of all, it was a movie. (laughs) But this is what happens to woke white people. 
they've lost their minds. They're not fun people to be around. They're whiners. They, they see trouble everywhere. They're they're mentally unstable. I'm so glad I don't have children like that. I wouldn't deal with them. I would have nothing to say to them. I don't know how you can communicate with people that stupid. I mean, do you have to dumb yourself down and get down to their level when you have dumb children like that? I don't want to. Be, I don't want to dumb myself down, and bringing them up intellectually is impossible because they are right where they are and they're not moving. They're entrenched. They're entrenched. There are people that will hear about this travel advisory and say, oh, God, what's going on in Florida? As if they'd actually, for one second, give it an ounce of credibility. It's laughable. Mike Huckabee's right. Laugh in their face. Again, Byron Donald's a black congressman from Florida. Are black families doing better, congressman? Black families are actually forming at the highest rate that they've been in 40 years. Black moms and black dads raising their kids. That's a good thing. But they're haters because they're liberals first and foremost. And they cannot tolerate black people in this country saying, you know what? I'm done with Democrat policy because it doesn't work when you actually look at it. Because the Democrats understand that without black voters being loyal to them, then they lose. Period. Period. They lose. Why do you think Democrats court minorities? They court the Hispanics. They court the blacks. They court them because they know that they can lie to them, promise them anything. And then when they get their vote, then they don't come through on any of their promises. And for some bizarre reason, black people just keep voting for them. It's the craziest phenomenon I've ever seen. If I were a psychiatrist, it would be like a, a lifetime's work. I'm going to study the mentality of the black voter. Why do you vote for people who do nothing but try to destroy you? Well, Jewish people, why do you vote for people who do nothing for you? Nothing. And who take money from you, who destroy your life savings, who tax you into oblivion, who want you to pay $10 a gallon for gas. That's what they want. Why? But they do. Marsha Ellison is the NAACP chapter president in Fort Lauderdale. She's black. She lives in Florida. She's overly concerned, too. But she kind of tips it off that it's all about politics. What we want to do is to advise um, anyone who's traveling to Florida to know about the um, the hostile and racist policies that have been put into place by uh, Governor DeSantis and his supporters. So we re- it's important to know that because, as you know, in a few days, there will be an important announcement uh, that he is seeking a higher office. And so the question is, do you want these uh, policies in your state? Hostile and racist policies. She mentioned, and, you know, he's about to run for president. Oh, that's what it's all about. We get it now. The smear campaign has begun. You let it slip out there, Marsha. But I'll ask her the same question. She's black. She's telling you, don't come to Florida if you're black because of the racist and hostile policies as she described them. What do you, why do you live there? Why aren't you leaving? Because you're an effing liar. That's why. You're full of crap. It's coming out your ears through your big, huge afro on top of your head. You're full of crap. People like Marsha Ellison, Derek Johnson, 
are the most poisonous, cancerous element that could ever infect a society, and they infect the black society. And they lie to the black community repeatedly, telling them how they're doing things for them. They're doing nothing for them. Nothing. She said, hostile, racist policies of Ron DeSantis. It's so easy for black people to call a white man a racist, isn't it? It's so simple. And yet they never, ever, ever can cite one thing that that white man has done that's racist. Well, he doesn't want critical race theory taught in schools. Why would he? It's a lie. Why would anyone in their right mind want young black kids to grow up believing they have no chance because whitey is holding them down? And why would you want white children growing up thinking, we're all bad, all of us are rotten racists? That's what critical race theory teaches. What else? What else is hostile to blacks? The fact that Florida's number one in black-owned businesses, is that hostile? You jackass. These people do such a disservice to the black community. Again, the study, the psychological study of the black voter would, to me, be the most fascinating study I could undertake. The first question I would ask them all is, what in the fuck is wrong with you? Do you enjoy getting your ass kicked? Do you enjoy being slapped around, used as a doormat? You must. You must love it. You must live for it. If you're black and you vote for a Democrat, you love getting bitch slapped like crazy, like no other. You live for it. Race baiting is a good business. Get into it. It pays well. Ask Marsha Ellison. Ask Aisha Mills. Ask Derek Johnson. Ask Al Sharpton. Ask Jesse Jackson. There's no shortage of race baiters in this country. Ask Joe Biden. Ask Barry Hussein Obama. Two of the great race baiters of our day. And, of course, a conversation on race couldn't be had without hearing from Whoopi Goldberg and Sonny Hostin Houston. Uh, the two, one is black, the other's a mulatto, and they now hate Tim Scott because he's running for president, and somehow he's bad. He came out and did that dog whistle, mm -hmm. victimhood. As soon as you say that, you know what he's talking about. I didn't like that. He seems to think because I made it, Everyone can make it, ignoring, again, the fact that he is the exception and not the rule. And until he is I, the rule, he has, then he can stop talking about systemic racism. The Clarence Thomas syndrome. The Clarence Thomas syndrome, whatever that is, genius Whoopi Goldberg. Whoopi Goldberg and Sonny Hostin Houston are living proof that you can be an illiterate black and mulatto woman and make a fortune in this country. How is that a racist country? How are you oppressed? He seems to think because he made it, anybody can make it. I'd say his life's example is living proof that anybody can make it. Tim Scott wasn't born with a silver spoon. He's living proof that a black person can come from humble beginnings and make it big in this country. But according to Whoopi Goldberg and Sonny Hostin Houston, that's not a good thing. It's a bad thing. How dare him act like anybody can do it? 
He's the exception. And until he's the rule, he needs to shut up. Can you imagine these people? What's the rule, Sonny Houston Houston? Does the rule mean that every single black person has to be senator? What is the rule? I don't know what the rule is. Wow. The Clarence Thomas syndrome. (laughs) No one knows what that is. Of course, it has no meaning. But I, I do know what the Whoopi Goldberg syndrome is. It means you're utterly, completely, totally illiterate. Incredible. I think Greg Gutfeld, in very quick words, described the view. God, what an inner circle of hell that is. It's <laughs> what it is. It is an inner circle of hell. I love it. You can't get any more perfect than that. You, you know that there are human beings who sit and watch that show? There really are. They're mostly women, which is scary. Doesn't speak highly of women. Of course, they're all uber liberals, so you could identify if you're a single guy and you've run into somebody coming out of the view, you know right away, I'm not dating her. And, of course, the constant bigotry in this country on the coming from black people and woke white people continued with this nurse on the bike. We're going to call her the, the bike nurse. Where the black mob of liberal leaders, the black leaders, are now destroying her even though the proof is there that the bike was rented by her, not the black thugs. Sarah Connery here tries to weaponize her white woman tears after stealing a city bike from a black man. Oh, she got to go. No ifs, ands, or buts about it. That gets young black men killed. Literally. She could have put those kids' life in danger. What if there had been a racist white cop around and this white girl is screaming help? Even though she's oh, trying yeah. to take the bike from them, she could have gotten them killed. You think about Emmett Till? Oh, absolutely. White lady crying and this absolutely. black boy whistled it. Can you believe that? There might have been a white racist cop around. Think of Emmett Till. Think what of Emmett Till? There's no comparison, of course, because you're an idiot. Benjamin Crump, the uber-racist, calls himself a lawyer. He actually tweeted this out when this first happened. This is unacceptable. A white woman was caught on camera attempting to steal, capital letters, steal, a city bike from a young black man in New York City. She grossly tried to weaponize her tears to paint this man as a threat. This is exactly, in capital letters, exactly the type of behavior that has endangered so many black men in the past. No, Benjamin Crump, your behavior is the exact behavior, the exact behavior that causes racial tension in this country. People like you, who are abject racist, you would be the imperial wizard of the black clan if there was one. Benjamin Crump is everything there is about hating white people. He hates white people with a passion. He's another liar, just another racist liar. And as soon as the lawyer for the woman produced her receipts, her credit card receipts that she had rented the bike, all of a sudden Benjamin Crump, like the coward with his tail between his big-ass legs, ran from that tweet and took it down. You effing coward. I hope that that lawyer has a picture of it. I do. I took a picture of it. I want to preserve it. Because he needs to sue Crump's ass 
inside, outside, up, down, and around and try to bankrupt him. That's what I would do if I were that lawyer. Now, I know he's going to. He said he was going to. And he's going to sue all of the media publications that called her a racist, and he should. He should also sue her employer, the hospital, that put her on leave pending an investigation. Here's the investigation. Here are the receipts that she rented the bike. Anything else you need? Asshats. But don't let the black mob see those receipts. My God, it just destroys their agenda, their narrative. It's nonstop, and white people are sick and tired of it. Sick and tired of it. Sick and tired of the Benjamin Crumps of this world. People are tired of it. They're tired of shows like The View. Our research assistant shows us that they're down in most every single demographic there is in viewers. Total viewers, they've lost 364,000 viewers from just two years ago. They've lost women 18 to 49. It's tied with the young and the restless. (laughs) People are sick and tired of it. The race baiting is starting to lose its traction. It's not selling anymore. And issues like this where this black mob starts mouthing off and this black bigoted lawyer, Benjamin Crump, who exploits black people like nobody's business. This guy has exploited more black dead people than any person on the face of the earth, more so than Al Sharpton. That's saying something. Eric Adams, the black mayor of New York City, one of the highest crime areas in the country, except for Jerry Nadler. Little Nerdler says New York City is the safest city in America. Can you imagine that guy? He actually said that in a hearing. Well, the mayor of New York City might disagree with him because here he was talking about repeat offenders in New York City, mind-numbing statistics. In 2022, we made over 22,000 retail theft arrests. 327 people were responsible for the 22,000 arrests. And remember, those arrests, not actions. Many of them uh, did the theft and got away with it. Those 327 individuals were arrested more than 6,600 times for an average of 20 times each. People getting arrested 20 times apiece. And they're still out. Yeah, I'd say you got a broken system, but you're the mayor. He's the mayor. You've got people like Al Sharpton running around screaming and yelling. Every there's a there's a racist boogeyman behind every corner, according to these racists. Victor Davis Hanson's a brilliant man. He works at the uh, um, Hoover Institute at Stanford think tank, he knows exactly who Al Sharpton is. Everybody should remember the history of Al Sharpton, whether it was the Crown Heights or the Freddie uh, Fashion Market or the Tawana Brawley. He got his start by judging people on the color of their skin or their religion. He fomented violence in all those cases which saw people die and people's lives ruined. And he was characteristic in all of those incidents of saying terrible things about Jews, about gays, about Mormons, about whites. That was his currency. He trafficked in hate. 
and then he was resurrected during the Obama years for political purposes, mm -hmm. and now he's come full circle and he's back where he always was. And I think people seem to be surprised. Al Sharpton, why is he doing that? This is what he always It's what he's always done. That's why he's doing it. Is this really surprising to anybody? I mean, truthfully, is it? If it is, you haven't been paying attention forever. I mean, literally forever, you haven't been paying attention. <laughs> it's pretty incredible. And that guy's never going to change. It's too lucrative to do it the way he's been doing it forever. That black professor that I talked about a few uh, minutes ago, that thug with the dreads all the way down to her waist, who MF'd white students who had a display table with pro-life literature, uh, Hunter College originally issued this statement. Now, if you see the video, it's unbelievable. She MFs these kids, tells them to get their stuff the fuck out of here, F this, F that, then throws the books at the kids. This is a professor. Hunter College adjunct edu educator, how about that, adjunct educator, Shalene Rodriguez approached the display, constructively critiqued the group members, and eventually physically took down items from the table. Folks, if you've seen the video, you know what a lie that is. Everything about that statement that that college issued is a lie, but they weren't done. Her actions to shut down the tabling were fully justified and are part of a long and celebrated CUNY legacy of confronting groups such as military recruiters who disseminate misleading information. Misleading information. They have pro-life literature. What's misleading about pro-life? Now they've been forced to backtrack. Now they claim they're conducting an investigation. Because after they issued that statement, outrage, a complete and utter outrage. It's such a blatant lie. All I have to do is look at the video. If that woman ever works again, this country has lost its soul for good. She should never be allowed around children, students of any age, Ever. She should be eliminated from the educational process forever. Where she would fit in is with Al Sharpton. Go work for him. You're a race-baiting bigot. That's where you belong. But you don't belong around children, around students of any age. We need to eliminate cancers like that black professor. Professor, right. Most professors I knew would MF students all the time, right? Throw books at you. That's how I grew up in college. It was my experience. They threw books, MF'd you, told you to get get your ass out of here. Sure, that's what they all did. Here's what you're seeing in colleges, other than the complete indoctrination of the liberal agenda. But the black professors that we're seeing videos of, so, so-called professors, are bringing the street language and the street behavior into schools. That's what's going on. And it needs to end. And there needs to be some severe physical resistance to it. I got news for you. That woman is lucky 
She didn't throw books at someone like me. Lucky. She's lucky. And I think these students who are pro-life in that particular situation need to say, enough's enough. I would have thrown that book back at her so fast her head would have swum. It would have knocked her out. I would have thrown it so damn hard. I don't know who these people think they are. They think they can get away with it because they're black or because they're woman. I'm a woman. You can't throw that book at me. Don't throw it at me because it's coming right back. I'm tired of these people. Who the hell do they think they are? But this is what happens when you bring street thugs into school environments. That's what's going on here. The wokes have infiltrated the schools, and so now they bring their street thugs along with them. And that's all it is. Those are street thugs. Posing as professors? Really? (laughs) That's funny. The Durham report that came out last week, probably seen by half the country, not seen by the other half that watches liberal outposts, so they didn't even know about it. Devin Nunes, who has been involved in the corruption of our government since Donald Trump took over, sees the Durham report and understands how sad it is for our country. Overall, this is a really sad day for America because what it represents is the total collapse of the justice system. A lot of people see this as, oh, FBI, intelligence agencies. No, no, no. This represents the entire collapse of the justice system. And it really, the Durham report, reads like the tombstone for the justice system. And it would say something simple, like, here lies the justice system, the Justice Department, and we knew there was criminality and we couldn't do anything about it. That's really what the Durham report says. There's a lot of great information in there, but nothing's been done. No, nothing has been done. And as we said, nothing will get done until and unless there's a Republican president who hires or points, nominates for confirmation, a bulldog, an absolute bulldog attorney general who will take these people, take all of this investigative material that Congress has put together, arrest them, charge them, convict them, jail them. Until that day comes... Nothing will change in this country. It certainly does make living in Europe much more attractive. This place is unbelievable, this country, what it's become. And the judiciary is so corrupt, it's scary. Devin Nunes, what's your view of the judiciary? But how about the judges? Let's just take there's three easy examples with the judges. You have the FISA court. They did absolutely nothing. The FISA court could have stepped in. They knew right away when I knew. They knew in 2017. And then for sure they knew in 18 when we notified them. Did they do anything? No, they covered it up. You also had the activity of federal judges as it related to General Flynn. Then fast forward and you got the Mar-a-Lago raid where you have a judge sign a a FISA warrant or a, a search warrant. It's unbelievable. And that's just three examples of corrupt judges. They're all over the place. You have a better chance of finding a corrupt judge than you do one who's not. It It's always been an honorable position in this country to become a judge because you were 
held up on a pedestal, someone of a fair mind, someone who decided cases on the facts and on the law, not someone who's a political activist. Now judges are political activists. Not all, but almost all. It's gotten to the point now where it's it, it, it's fruitless to even hope for any justice in a courtroom. If it happens for you, congratulations. You're one of the lucky ones. But don't expect it. Not for a second. When that Durham report came out and all of the media, liberal media outlets were screaming how it was meaningless and it didn't say anything wrong, there was no wrongdoing by the FBI or the Department of Justice. John Radcliffe, the former NSI director under Donald Trump, sat back and said, you know what? Look who's not pushing back against the Durham report. You know who's not denying the significance of this? The current attorney general, Merrick Garland, and the current uh, FBI director, Christopher Wray. Merrick Garland didn't edit a single word on John Durham's report, and he had the ability to edit it and do exactly that. And he didn't push back because he couldn't push back. And Christopher Ray didn't deny any of the really uh, appalling uh, uh, instances that were documented over and over again, abuses at the FBI. He just simply put out a statement. Essentially, it was an admission of guilt saying, um, yeah, we've got policies now in place to, to, approve all, uh, to improve on all of those abuses that have taken place. They, they admitted their guilt. It must be humiliating to be in the media and push that agenda because you think that's what you're supposed to push, that this report meant nothing and showed no wrongdoing, and then have the two p- agencies accused of all the wrongdoing admit that they did it. <laughs> that's got to be a kick in the gut. Got to be. So the judges, we know, are a joke. The Department of Justice and the FBI are a corrupt joke. These U.S. attorneys, they're sort of sailing under the radar a little bit. But Brett Tolman, who's a former U.S. attorney, wants to know what's happened to them, too. It's very haunting for me. When I became U.S. attorney, the outgoing U.S. attorney told me one bit of advice. He said, don't cede your authority and power to Washington, D.C. He said, you are nominated and confirmed by the U.S. Senate, just like the attorney general. He cannot fire you. You serve at the pleasure of the president. It was a powerful statement to me, and it it it, it, effort, it was, I think, one of the most important things to facilitate my independence to make decisions without the influence of politics. That's not that's not the case anymore. And and you know, my predecessor was was prescient in in that advice because it has slowly happened over these last couple of de- decades where the U.S. attorneys are losing their independence which is very, very important because I think the founders of the Constitution knew that centralizing all of that power in Washington, D.C. would be the most dangerous thing for this country. Well, that's what's happened. And the U.S. attorney there and the U.S. attorney on the Biden, you know, Hunter Biden case, they have ceded their authority. And I would I would argue their ethics and their their moral compass to Washington, D.C.'s gravity. How scary is that? And that is so scary because I don't think most people understand how serious that is. Once we lose confidence as citizens in the institutions, the FBI, the CIA, the Department of Justice, laughably named that. They need to change that name. The U.S. attorney system, the judicial system. No, no rational person has any 
legitimate expectation of fairness in that's in those systems anymore. The FBI targets political opponents. We know that. The Department of Justice won't pursue criminals because they're of the same ilk. We know that. The CIA lies, lies about everything. We know that. U.S. attorneys have personal vendettas and they carry them out. We know that. Judges are corrupt in their dealings, in their decisions. We know that. I mean, how in the world are Americans supposed to have an ounce of confidence in the government and in this system? How could you? Well, you can't. Unless you're crazy. Only liberals have confidence in the system. Mm, They're crazy. I'm not even sure if they have confidence in the system. They're just brainwashed and brain dead. But those are all things that you at least for the longest period of time in this country could count on. All right, at least the, the, the courtrooms are fair. At least the U.S. attorneys aren't coming after me because they disagree with me. But you can't feel that way anymore. If they go after a president for doing nothing wrong, nothing illegal, what's to stop them from coming after you? You've got to understand that. And I don't mean to put fear in you. I'm just trying to warn you. These are facts. This isn't me making up a virus that's killing the whole world. These are facts. This is what these people do. It's all there for you. And then they protect the corrupt, just as they're protecting the Biden crime syndicate, the Clinton crime family, all of them. And again, that's not my opinion. Those are facts. They're backed by evidence. It's all there if you care to look at it. And you ought to care to look at it. Because it's affecting your pocketbook every day. Imagine trying to label a state like Florida as racist simply because you want to win an election. You'll tell any lie, and liberals will do that. They'll tell any lie, anywhere, anytime. It just doesn't phase them to lie. Never has. As long as they get their way. And here's how warped they are. A Democrat senator by the name of Michael Bennett wants a new federal agency with authority to establish a council that would define enforceable behavioral codes for social media platforms. The council would have disinformation specialists on its panel. This is kind of like that disinformation czar that they proposed having until outrage ensued and she was gone. This legislation, if it were to pass, would establish a federal organization given the task of monitoring public discourse 24-7 in order to combat hate speech and misinformation. That's now in the Senate. So they're going to determine 
that what you say is actionable. Hmm. What constitutes hate speech? Here's what I think hate speech is. The president and CEO of the NAACP calling Ron DeSantis a racist in Florida, a racist state. Or the Democrat activist Aisha Mills calling Florida a terrorist state. That sounds like hate speech to me. Does it sound like that to the liberals? Only if a conservative were speaking it. If that were the case, then yes, it's hate speech. And we're going to charge you with a crime. I think it's hate speech when you have a sitting congressman like Adam Schiff and a Speaker of the House like Pelosi lie through their teeth about supposed evidence against Donald Trump and his campaign in collusion with Russia. Tell you they have the evidence and knowing they don't have it when they say it. I think that's hate speech. But the Democrats will never categorize it that way if they're the ones spewing it. Only if you are. And so you come to this election season and you think to yourself, okay, in a rational world, in a rational country, which this country has long ago ceded being, but in a rational country, could Biden possibly win? Charlie Hurt, what do you think? As, as bad a shape as Joe Biden is in, we have to remember that he has the entire government establishment behind him. He has the entire media behind him. And if we learn nothing else from what we've seen from the Durham report over, uh, from last week, it, it's the, the, the lengths to which these people will go to affect the outcome of politics. And this guy may have completely lost his mind. He's uh, can barely walk down the steps. Um, he can't keep a thought. We have no idea who is actually making decisions inside the, the White House. He is incomprehensible. His spokesman is uh, incomprehensible. And his vice president is incomprehensible. We literally do not know who it is that's making decisions inside the White House. But, but that, that is not enough. It's not enough. It's not enough to guarantee victory. It should be. All of those things, all any one of them taken alone, should ensure that he would be defeated. But we don't live in a rational country. We live in an irrational, illiterate country where elections are bought just like a third-world country, where elections are fixed just like a third-world country, where speech is censored just like a third-world country. It's, it's it's incredible. Where media is state owned, just like in a third world country. Charlie Hurt, what is it that Biden actually embraces? Joe Biden openly embraces things like free health care for for illegal aliens, uh, defunding the police at a time we have historic uh, spikes in crime around the country. You have. Uh, this lunatic uh, war on on American energy independence. They 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 want their policies uh, want ten dollar a gallon gasoline for people and and every normal American Democrat or Republican knows that that will destroy their finances, their personal finances in a very personal way. And when you have a party that is that unhinged and has become that unglued from sort of normal needs of voters out there. You, you, it becomes very, very dangerous. It is very, very dangerous. 
people in this country are unglued everywhere. I mean, it's a lunacy, man. We live in a freaking nut house. And the nuts are in charge. That's the scariest part of it all. I think we know who's needed. Tough times call for tough people, don't they? Byron Donalds, a congressman from Florida, who do we need? We need somebody who can step in day one, look at Vladimir Putin, look at Xi Jinping and say, okay, enough. I'm back. We're going to get everything in order to say just has that ability. I think it's going to take him time. I think there's only one person who has that ability right now, and it's Donald Trump. And for all the naysayers who would say, oh, he's unpredictable, oh, we don't know what he's going to do, let's be very clear. When he was president of the United States, the world was in a much safer place. Nobody can say that the world is safer now than when it was when he was president. Nobody can say that, unless you want to lie. Think about it. And that's what I, I would invite liberals and people who voted for Biden to think about this next election. Go back and put yourself where you were in this world, in this life, in your financial picture when Donald Trump was president versus where you are today. There's not a single person that's better off. Not one. Or you're a liar. But there's nobody that's better off. From the wealthy to the poor, nobody's better off. Is the country better off? That's laughable to even ask that question. Are we more respected or less respected around the world? Again, laughable to even ask that question. Do the citizens of this country have confidence in fair elections? Again, probably stupid to even ask that question. Because we know the answers. So all of a sudden, every Republican under the sun has decided to run for president. Now, this is not dissimilar to 2016 when President Trump won. I think there was a field of about 18 back then, if I recall. He was trying to eliminate each one of them each each time there was a debate. Get off the stage. You don't even have 1%. So they all think, for some reason, that Donald Trump's not the guy. Rather than uniting behind Donald Trump, the only guy, as Byron Donald said, who can stare Putin down, who can stare Xi Jinping down, North Korea, Iran. He's the only one who'll do it, and he's the only one they'll listen to. I don't find any great fear in China, North Korea, Russia, Iran. I don't see any fear in, in them now, like there was when Trump was involved. We weren't in a war when Trump was involved. Of course not. Nobody's going to dare attack anybody with Trump around. He's liable to blow them to smithereens, and they know it. And so now we have the debt ceiling and whether or not the government's going to be able to pay its bills. And for months upon months, Biden's been saying he won't negotiate, he won't negotiate. Then he changed his tune, said he was going to negotiate, then he won't negotiate. These are some of the weekly pleased by Kevin McCarthy, the speaker, to actually sit down and negotiate the debt limit. They have to negotiate over the debt. Our whole government is designed to have compromise. The Republicans control the House. Democrats have a small majority in the Senate. And he's the president. He is playing with the financial markets of America by saying he wouldn't negotiate. That's why I said to the president, let's be rational, let's, let's be reasonable, and let's sit down and negotiate. When we were together at the prayer breakfast, he says we're going to sit down the next day, told the entire Congress that we're going to meet. At the Democratic retreat, he told the Democrats, 
Democrats that they that we were planning meetings. He's never had one meeting. It's been more than two months. Time is ticking. He needs to show leadership and come to the negotiating table instead of put us in default. <laughs> and yet, you get different answers because you get the little black lesbian claiming that they won't negotiate. You get Biden saying they won't negotiate. Then they will negotiate. And then you get that lunatic freak from Tennessee, Steve Cohen, calling the Republicans terrorists. That's what liberals do nowadays. Terrorist is their new word. Here's a compilation of those liars. We will not be uh, be doing any negotiation over the debt ceiling. Look, the president's position is simple. Congress needs to take action to prevent default without hostage taking. In the meantime, we need to take the threat of default off the table. We are not going to negotiate uh, over uh, the debt limit. It's going to be difficult for President Biden to negotiate with somebody who has those type of uh, uh, legislative terrorists on their team. Legislative terrorists, says Steve Cohen, the guy who brought a bucket of chicken into a hearing. These people have no respect for institutions. They have no respect for this country. They have no respect for the citizens of this country. None. You're dogs to them. You'll be lucky to get scraps from the dinner table. And I mean lucky. You'd be lucky. This is a country that has a guy in charge who lies repeatedly about the border. He, he dispatches his cast of liars to go out there and tell us all, as if our eyes can't tell us differently, that the border is closed. Biden told us what he was going to do back when he was running. Who was not paying attention to this? We could afford to take in a heartbeat another two million people. The idea that a country of 330 million people cannot absorb people who are in desperate need and who are justifiably fleeing oppression is absolutely bizarre. Absolutely bizarre. No, what's bizarre is you. But there he was telling you that we should be able to take two million in like a heart in a heartbeat. And now we've taken six million in. Six million illegals, no idea who they are, what they are, what they're here for. Six million. I don't know how many people are in the state of Missouri, but I'll bet you there's not six million. So an entire state of people, certainly the six million is more than most states have, or many states, I should say, not most. And that's what he brought in. He said he was going to do it. Hildy was talking the other day, and she, while while giving a lukewarm endorsement to Biden, you could tell that she's still envious that he got the White House and she didn't. As she was watching him f- nearly fall down the steps while he was at the G7, he nearly did a header and a face plant, somehow caught himself. And she's a little concerned about that. Well, I mean, it's a concern for anyone. Um, and we've had presidents who've fallen before who were a lot younger um, and people didn't go into, you know, heart palpitations. Um but he, his age is an issue, and people have every right to consider it. But, you know, he has this great saying, and, and you know, I think he's right. You know, he, you know, don't judge him by running against the almighty, but against the alternative. And I am 
you know, of the camp that uh, I think, you know, he's determined to run. He has a good record that three years ago people would not have predicted would have gotten done. Uh, he doesn't get the credit yet that he deserves for what is happening out in the country in terms of, you know, jobs and growth and, and planning for the future with chips and other stuff. So I obviously hope he stays, you know, very, you know, focused and able to uh, compete in the election because I think he, I think he can be reelected, and that's what we should all hope for. <laughs> Hardly the rabble rousing rah rah speech of endorsements, right? How about her though? Younger presidents have fallen, and nobody went crazy. Well, that's because they were younger. So if they fell or slipped or something, Gerald Ford comes to mind. He wasn't 80 years old. He wasn't falling, going up the staircase to Air Force One. He wasn't incoherent. Biden doesn't get enough credit for what he's accomplished. What has he accomplished? They, you notice they never say? She says jobs and, what do you mean jobs? You just say the word jobs? What jobs? What jobs has he created? I know he's cut a lot. But what jobs has he created? People, again, people coming back to work to jobs they already had after COVID doesn't count. 2021 population, friend of mine just texted me, 6.1 million people. So the entire state of Missouri has crossed the border in Texas. The entire state. We now have an extra state. And they're all here illegally. Chew on that one for a while. An entire state we have. And more coming. It's not stopping, remember. More are coming. So thanks for that ringing endorsement, Hildy. That was beautiful, wasn't it? Cleo's up. Good morning, Cleo. Good morning. How you doing, Kevin, today? I am doing great. How about yourself? Real good, real good, except for the outrage that's going on in this country. Uh, well, don't go to Florida. Statement. Don't go to Florida. Black people should not go near Florida. Yeah, well, okay, thank you. I'll take that travel advice. Thanks a lot. <laughs> <laughs> travel advisory. Neat, neat, neat. Listen, you made a point that nobody's made about if a Republican president's elected, he needs to get a bulldog attorney general. Okay. Nobody said that. That's what must happen to bring justice back to this country. It's the only way. Now, the, now the Democrats, Kevin, they know this, that if Trump's elected, they'll not only lose their power, but they're going to end up in striped pajamas. That's for sure. A lot of them are. That's, that's why they cannot allow this to happen. They cannot allow this next election to be free whatsoever. You know, and it won't it be. Will, it, it will not it will be, be a fair election. The, the Republicans are going to have to be so vigilant. And so far, the Republicans have demonstrated no confidence in me that they can do it. If we no, somehow win, it'll be a miracle. Uh, and and someone somehow uh, monitored much better than I could have dreamed. Yeah, and there's such anti-Biden anti sentiment, it's going to make it real difficult to do so. And They're I, really going I, to have I believe to do this. You know, when, when people are cheating, then you just cheat right back. So what we need to do is have our own stash 
of mail-in ballots ready to go. And after the ballots have been counted, say, oh, oh, look at this. We just found some more. Conveniently, we were down 10,000 and we found 11,000. And that's what well, has to happen. I mean, as laughable as that sounds, that's exactly what they did in 2020. Oh, I know. It's exactly what they did. I think we re- Republicans should do that also, but nobody's nobody's got the cojones to do it. No, they don't. But that, but that's it on the, uh, Attorney General Bulldog. They cannot allow Trump or any Republican to be elected, for they will go down. They not only lose their power, but they will go to jail. Hunter Biden, Joe Biden, Merrick Garland, Christopher Ray know that they can't stop with this. They cannot stop with the lion and his dual system of justice. They no. cannot stop. No, they can't. They can't. They they are stuck. And, and and they know it, and the Clintons probably know it, that their time is coming too. That, that's why she sounded so uh, out in left field there. She knows what she wanted to say was, we can't allow a Republican because I'm going to jail. That's right. <laughs> we can't have hey, it. it. And there's damn 30 car break-ins in the weekend. Yeah, down, down around Bush Stadium. 30, 30 break-ins to cars down around Bush Stadium. And you think it's a safe place to go? You want to go watch a ball game? You better ride your bicycle. At least if they steal that, you won't be out too much money. But they'll get into your car. And, gee, I wonder what people are doing it down there. Hmm. Yeah, they got a lady. They hijacked a lady at a stoplight, the car. Can you imagine that? Anyway, this, this is disgraceful for the city. Disgraceful. What the hell is Tashar Jones should be coming out with a press conference, pounding on the rostrum, saying this will stop in my city? Yeah. No, no you'll never hear that. She, I, by the way, I haven't heard her speak, much less come out and forcefully take a stand against the crime in that crime-infested city known as St. Louis. I haven't heard her speak about anything, except she thinks Kim Gardner should resign. Okay, whoop-de-doo. Yeah. You don't exactly get a pat on the back for that. In late April, she announced a suit against Hyundai and Kia for for, uh, for for allowing so many of their cars to be stolen. She was going against corporate instead of the thieves. <laughs> She's a real piece of work. But that's St. Louis. And, and if, if they don't vote her in, they'll vote some other loser in. They'll never vote properly in the city of St. Louis. And if they do vote properly, let's say for an Andrew Jones who who, who ran against her, if they do vote properly for Andrew Jones, then the liberals will steal the election back. Yeah. Let, let me give you the chief reasons why Tashar Jones doesn't say anything. And this will be as truthful a thing as I have ever heard, you have ever heard from me on the radio, why she says nothing about this, these break-ins. Kevin, 99% of the people that go to the ball games are white. And 99% of the people that do the carjackings are black. That's true. That's Those are facts. That's- you can't Absolutely. get around them. That's why I say, what kind of people do you think are doing this? It's it, it, this. This is not a myth. You know, this just isn't a myth. As I said about the universities, the, these these so called professors, these black, especially women, who've you heard the one attack the judge out at Stanford. Now we've got this one at Hunter College, screaming at students, mfing them, throwing their books at them because they dared to put a desk up with some pro life literature on campus. Oh my God, get that free thought out of here. You've brought the street ghetto thugs into university positions. That's what's going on. Yeah, they're bringing Ebonics back, ain't they? they have, they've done that for sure. These so-called professors can't even speak the King's English. That's right. So it's laughable. I mean, I mean, Kevin, I went to college, and I took a geography course. I didn't see Ebonia anywhere. 
<laughs> I, I have to admit I haven't seen it either. I've looked on the globe. I'll, I'll look again. Maybe I missed it. But this excusing black crime stuff is ridiculous. This Johnson guy in Chicago for defending the looters is beyond the pale. It, you know, I'm I'm ashamed of this guy. Yeah, and it's no surprise. I mean, they in Chicago get rid of Lightfoot and bring in somebody actually worse. Did you ever think you could find someone worse than her? Well, they did. And that's why I say in St. Louis, if they get rid of Tashara Jones, they'll find somebody worse. And if the media would just do their job, they should crack a little bit and maybe – Maybe somebody, the rest of the media would get some sense about them. But the media is allowing all this to happen. Yeah, they, they don't just, criticize these know, people. All you ask for is the truth. The media is incapable of broadcasting the truth, the news as it is. They're incapable of it. Now, I know you're going to be talking to Mr. DeWitt soon, are you? Thursday morning. Okay, I know it might be uh, uncomfortable, but, you know, the Cardinals said they're going to do something about this security. But what can they do? They can't patrol the streets. It's up to the city. It's the city police department that has to patrol the streets, but we will certainly talk about it after I read that story this morning about the 30 break-ins. I'm certainly going to ask Bill DeWitt for his view on that because I guarantee if I were running the Cardinals, I'd be livid. Oh, I'd be call- I'd be on the phone ringing Mrs. Jones. I'd be walking up to her office. Saying, I would be too. Okay, lady, what the hell are you going to do about this? Yeah, well, I'm coming over at 1 o'clock. Be ready for some questions. Yeah. It's all common sense stuff, as far as I'm concerned. I agree but, with you. It, it doesn't. Thank take you a for bringing. Handicap. Thank you for bringing this stuff to light. You bet, Cleo. Thank you. You're welcome. Bye. Appreciate it. Bye bye now. Yeah, there's no doubt about it. Now, the one alternative to Biden in the Democratic Party is going to be Robert F. Kennedy Jr. He is getting about 20 percent of the early polling, and that's huge against a sitting incumbent. When you listen to Robert F. Kennedy Jr. talk, you feel for him. Uh, when I first heard him talk after he acquired this this disease of his voice box, it was hard to listen to. But now it's much easier. He's gotten better. He talked about it openly and what happened to his voice. You know, I had a really strong voice until I was 42 years old. And in 1996, suddenly I got this uh, injury. It's a, it's a neurological injury, and it's uh, called spasmodic dystonia. And, uh, but you know, you work around I, it. I yeah, I try my best. I mean, I feel sorry for people who have to listen to me. I can I cannot watch myself on TV or listen to my voice. But really, no. And I I do I do feel badly for people who have to listen to me. But you know, I went out over to Japan about six months ago. Cheryl and I went to Kyoto, and I got a surgery on my vocal cords where they put a titanium bridge in, and it helped a lot. I mean, you may not think it helped a lot listening to me now, but my voice was actually worse. Sometimes it would just disappear altogether. And in the morning, I I wouldn't... uh, You know, when I started talking in the morning, I wouldn't know if anything was going to come out of my mouth. That's a scary thought when you speak for a living. Um, I wish he wouldn't have said, though, that he feels sorry for people who have to listen to him because I think he has a lot of good things to say. And um, we elected Franklin Delano Roosevelt, who was a cripple. He had he was dying, really. We, in Texas, the state of Texas allowed a wheelchair-bound governor. They voted for him. So why not vote for a guy who has a, a voice issue? 
I would hope that doesn't disqualify him. To some people, it probably will. That's how absurd people are in this country. But I'm not looking to get Robert F. Kennedy Jr. elected just yet. I'm a Trump guy, and I will always be a Trump guy. So that's where I am. But at least Robert F. Kennedy Jr. makes some sense. Again, he's not a Democrat. He's a Republican. The Kennedy family are all Republicans now. If John Kennedy were alive or Bobby Kennedy, his father, they'd be Republicans. Ted Kennedy wouldn't be. He was, he's always a liberal freak. But then again, when you run around murdering women, I guess you, you fit right into the liberal camp, right? You drown them, you kill them. Who cares? Cover it up. On you go. That's Ted Kennedy. I'm, I'm a firm believer. I'm certainly no psychiatrist, but I'm a firm believer he became a complete alcoholic after he killed that woman and got away with it. That would drive me crazy. That bottle would be my best friend, probably. The guilt must be haunting. Although he was so arrogant, I, I don't know if it was. It's so bad out there right now at these universities, as I was just talking about, the, the ghetto thugs have come from the street into the university faculties. And then the woke faculty, the woke white, woke white faculty, is so dangerous. Here's a student who talked about a project, a student project report that she writ, had written, and she'll explain her grade and why she got it. I got a zero on a project proposal in my class because I used the term biological women, which is apparently not allowed anymore. She even said it was a good project proposal, um, but I got a zero because I used this term that's exclusionary and not allowed anymore. So, And I 100% know that this is like the most biased grade ever because my project is about transgenders competing in biological women's sports. How am I supposed to do my final project if I can't use the word biological women? But that's what my project is about. Is that unbelievable? She got a zero. Now, I have a problem with the phrase biological woman as well, but for a different reason. I don't think woman needs a descriptive adjective in front of it. Woman is a woman. I know what a woman is. I don't have to have you tell me that it's biological woman. There's only one kind of a woman. That's a woman. It's a female. It's not biological or any other way. It's a woman. We know what that is, those of us who have a functioning brain who haven't completely lost our marbles. But how about that? You got a zero because you used a phrase the old professor didn't like. Incredible. Hey, you want to hear a quick history lesson on, um, well, since everybody's into race, I guess it would be racial politics in some way. But the origin of the name Cassius Clay, the great boxer, Muhammad Ali, before he was Muhammad Ali, here's where the name came from. My research assistant found all of this out. I think you'll find it fascinating. A 19th century politician from Kentucky, Cassius Marcellus Clay, nicknamed Cash, was an outspoken abolitionist who fought off would-be assassins with a bowie knife. Although he was born into privilege and his family owned enslaved workers, he ultimately freed them. Clay's bold abolitionism made him a target of pro-slavery Americans, and he survived attacks on his life, armed with a bowie knife. Clay defended himself by stabbing would-be assassins on multiple occasions. While in the Kentucky House, he was nearly killed for being an abolitionist. The first attempt occurred during a political debate. The story goes that political enforcer Sam Brown was hired to take Clay out. He walked on stage and promptly shot Clay in the chest. But Clay did not go down, and instead struck Brown multiple times with his bowie knife, ultimately cutting off Brown's nose and ear. 
The second attempt was an ambush by the Turner brothers, whose father was a pro-slavery politician. They surrounded Clay and proceeded to beat and stab him to near death, but once again used his bowing knife to injure his attackers, and eventually ran down the eldest brother, Clay Turner, and stabbed him to death. Clay never shied from violence, as he participated in many duels. His beliefs and fiery reputation won him the nickname the Lion of Whitehall. Clay was also a founding member of the Republican Party and was pivotal in the campaign to elect Abraham Lincoln in 1860. One of his former slaves, Herman Hayton Clay, named his son Cassius Clay in honor of the abolitionist, that Cassius Clay then named his son Cassius Clay Jr., who would ultimately become the heavyweight champion of the world before changing his name to Muhammad Ali. Pretty interesting stuff, isn't it? But once again, it shows you it was a Republican, a Republican who was abolishing slavery. It wasn't the Democrats. They were the party of the Klan. Deion Sanders is the new head football coach at University of Colorado. He's come under fire for speaking to his players about God and about Christ and about the role of Jesus in his life. And, uh, of course, the liberal freaks freaked out. But Dion puts it pretty clearly. He was on the verge of suicide. He had everything going for him, but he had nothing. You got a hundred suits. You can't cover up the pain. You got a three, four, five hundred pairs of shoes. You can't take a step in the right direction. You got nine to ten cars in the driveway. You ain't going nowhere. You got a fifteen thousand square foot house, but you ain't got a home. By the time you get to the bottom, because God is calling you collect, and you do not want to accept the charges because you know it's going to cost you something. It's going to cost you something. You're going to have to change your ways, and he did. And I give Deion Sanders a lot of credit. He said he was near suicide in the dugout while he's playing for the Atlanta Braves. And it changed his life completely. Good for you, Deion Sanders. Carpe diem to Deion Sanders. Yes, sirree. Good for him. All right, let's take a break. This is the Window World Kings Court on KevinSlaytonShow.com. Oh, to a new end of shining 
Welcome you back in. Kevin Slayton with you on a Tuesday morning. Our phone lines are open 636-538-0746-538-0746 if you'd like to weigh in on any of the topics of the day. Our good friends at stl-cars.com have a full website, over 1,000 vehicles for you to choose from. Cars, SUVs, trucks. Just go to stl-cars.com, take a look, see what you like. Call them or text them. 314-309-3633, 314-309-3633. They're right there in Ellisville off Manchester. Ask for Don. Tell him what you want. Here's the car, the truck, or the SUV that I like that is in your inventory. Here's what I want to pay for it. Then you've got your deal done. If you don't find something on the website, call them or text them anyway and tell them, here's what I want. You've got something similar on your website, but I want to tweak this or tweak that. And guess what? You're done. They'll go get it for you. They'll bring it to you, or you can go to their lot and pick it up. I've purchased three vehicles from them. My son purchased one just recently. He got his delivered from Alabama. They go find it for you. They also have a VIP concierge maintenance service that's available to you. A huge network of dealer inventory around the country. That's how they do it at stl-cars.com. Locally owned and operated. We support locally owned and operated businesses here. 
Call 314-309-3633. Ask for Don. Tell him we sent you. He'll tell you what it's all about. And uh, grab yourself some Taco Bell on the way over there. That's right. It's breakfast time at Taco Bell. That means a grilled breakfast burrito with bacon bits for a buck off the dollar crave menu. Who else has a dollar crave menu, a $5 crave menu? Taco Bell does. Breakfast, lunch, dinner, late night. You can't beat it. Grande Scrambler. Man, buck. You've got two different AM crunch wraps. They're under three bucks. You've got off the $5 crave menu, a triple double crunch wrap with two tacos in a box with a soft drink, all for five bucks. The Mexican pizza's back on the menu. It's tremendous. You're going to watch a Cardinal game tonight. Grab yourself a Mexican pizza from Taco Bell, and you'll be happy, and so will the family. I promise. It's a Slayton guarantee. I can I can guarantee that. Speaking of the ball game, the Dodgers were in town over the last weekend. They were the center of some controversy, some woke controversy. Well, why wouldn't they be? They're in Los Angeles. So they had um, told the Sisters of Perpetual Indulgence, they're, they're transgender nuns, that they couldn't take part in the Dodger Pride Night for the gays. The Dodgers have now woke cowards that they are, apologized and re-invited the Sisters of Perpetual Indulgence. Now, the Dodgers are now put themselves in a position where they are participating in anti-Catholic hatred. So when you talk about anti-Semitic behavior, no one smiles on that. But is it okay to have anti-Catholic sponsorship of the Dodgers? The Dodgers are telling their audience that we do not like Catholics. They had previously removed this vulgar, anti-Christian Marxist group from their honoree list, but now because of woke pressure, backlash from that group of, what, five people? The Dodgers reinvited them. Here's what their statement said. After much thoughtful feedback from our diverse communities, honest conversations within the Los Angeles Dodgers organization and generous discussions with the Sisters of Perpetual Indulgence, the Los Angeles Dodgers would like to offer our sincerest apologies to the Sisters of Perpetual Indulgence, members of the LGBTQ plus community, and their friends and families. We have asked the Sisters to take their place on the field at our 10th annual Pride Night. We are pleased to share that they have agreed to receive the gratitude of our collective communities for the life-saving work they have done tirelessly for decades. Life-saving work. They're anti-Catholic. They mock nuns. It's sickening, but the Dodgers are now anti-Catholic. Liz Wheeler tweeted out, you're cowards to cave to anti-Catholic neo-Marxist drag queens. You're thumbing your nose at all your Christian fans. Did you learn nothing from the Bud Light boycott? Great question. Great question. Another guy tweeted, better hope the drag queens buy lots of baseball tickets and merchandise because a lot of Christians are going to be done with you after this. One woman tweeted, Dodgers, hold my Bud Light. (laughs) Shame on the Dodgers. The Dodgers have now become one of the most pathetic organizations in baseball or in the sports community anywhere. Pathetic. Nothing but cowards. How about their statement? After thoughtful conversations within the Dodger organization. Right. 
I'll bet those were thoughtful. Here's here's they kind of went like this. Hey, they're making all kinds of noise. They're going to demonstrate and pick it outside the stadium. And someone else said, "Who gives a shit? There's five of them." Yeah, but it makes us look like we're not woke, and we want to be woke. We're the sisters of perpetual indulgence. By the way, they're men. They're not nun, female nuns. You, if you were Catholic, you know that nuns are females. These people are not. They're men. They're drag nuns. So that's what we have. Incredible, isn't it? Incredible. The Dodgers. Once an iconic organization. If you've ever seen the documentary on the Brooklyn Dodgers, it's one of the best and well-done HBO sports documentaries ever. It covers them from the great run in the 50s through Jackie Robinson all the way up until the time they left for Los Angeles. And I can only assume that being in Los Angeles for so many years has made their ownership wacky and cowardly because, after all, that's what lives in California, right? Los Angeles has got whack jobs and cowards. And that's Los Angeles to a T. In many ways, the, Do- the Dodgers caving and, and cowering fits the Dodger mold and the Los Angeles motto perfectly. That's what they are. If any foreign country wanted to invade us, they, all they have to do is come through Los Angeles first. The people of Los Angeles will lie down and let them walk all over them. Please go right ahead. We would hate to offend you, even though you're here to kill us. So the Dodgers, to satisfy the whims of, what, 5, 10, 20 even maybe, wacky weirdos, freaks who dress up in nuns' outfits with horns, this is what it's come to. How can you be a Dodger fan after that? I mean, I was fed up with the Cardinals when they started their bullshit with Black Lives Matter. They they quit that real fast. Real fast. Pretty pathetic. And you know what? As a friend of mine suggested, you wonder what Vin Scully would think about this. I think about Vin Scully now. He's probably thrilled that he's dead. I would imagine Vin Scully would want nothing to do with this, although being a longtime member of the Dodge organization, he probably would have said, oh, oh, oh publicly, uh, uh, you, guarantee, you can guarantee what he really thinks about it. That's why I'm convinced now, as I watch what's going on in this country, I know why old people aren't afraid to die. <laughs> they want out. Get me out of this nightmare. This is insane. This is the most cowardly act a sports organization has ever perpetrated on its fans. Didn't they understand when they didn't invite these drag queen freaks that the drag queens of the world would unite, all 20 of them, and protest? So they should have seen that coming. You were taken by surprise? You had to have an honest conversation within the Dodgers organization. Thoughtful feedback from our diverse communities. I'll bet it was thoughtful. You want to see some hate speech? Let's see the communications from your diverse communities, all that thoughtful feedback. Let's see what it said. You'll get a good dose of hate speech, I'll guarantee you. And now, 
I would hope that every Christian in the Los Angeles area boycotts the Dodgers forever. I used to never believe in boycotts. I was not a big boycotter. But now it's a matter of not really boycotting. It's just that you're not getting my business. You're just not going to get it. That's what you want to stand for? Be my guest. When did this country become so anti-Christian? Were we always anti-Christian? Of course, this is aimed directly at the Catholics, but Christians as well, of all stripes. So you've got male nuns. You've got men dressing up as nuns with horns coming out of their head, and the Dodgers say, come on in, guys. Let's have a fun night at the old ballpark. Wow. I wonder how many Dodgers, or excuse me, Dodger employees will resign over this. I would resign. If I were working for that organization, I'd be looking for another job immediately. I might not resign until I get the other job. That's usually a good piece of advice. But I'd be gone. And I don't know if you saw Biden. I was going to play the clip for, for you, but it's it's the audio is bad because there's background noise and you can hardly hear him. But he's talking to people, and yet again, out on an airport tarmac, telling some veterans and some of our troops, oh, you know, we're very, very proud of you. You know, my son Bo died in Iraq. He said it again. When will someone from the military say to him, your son didn't die in Iraq. Stop it. You're equating him with real heroes who died in the service to their country. You don't get to promote your son to hero status simply because he tragically died of brain cancer. All right? He didn't die in Iraq. He died in the United States. You lying piece of crap. I mean, this guy knows no shame. You cannot shame Biden. And our military has no balls because if they did, they'd stand up and say to him, knock it off, dude. Your son did not die a heroic death in service to the country. Sorry, didn't happen. You need to knock it off. But he doesn't. We talked briefly yesterday with uh, one of our callers from Arizona, Bobby, and we were talking about Carrie Lake's lawsuit, which was ongoing at the time. And last night, the Maricopa County Superior Court Judge Peter Thompson dismissed her lawsuit. Now listen to this. This is what we were talking about earlier, the corrupt judiciary in this country. This guy's as corrupt as the day is long. He dismissed this lawsuit despite 11, uh, this is the evidence, 11 of the signature verification workers 11 of them, your job is to verify signatures on balance. 11 of them approved 170,000 signatures in less than three seconds with a 99% approval rating. So as Carrie Lake's lawyer pointed out, there were 274,000 ballot signatures compared and verified in less than three seconds. Sounds like a very fair election to me. No corruption there. Also, at least 70,000 mail-in ballots were not properly verified in accordance with Arizona law. 
Remember, this election came down to 17,000 votes. Or so they said. (laughs) One of the signature reviewers testified she saw a large number of signatures on ballot affidavits that were different names than the voter and that many other level one signature reviewers didn't feel comfortable with what they were seeing. Ballots were sent back to level one reviewers by direct supervisors and full-time county employees because they were too overwhelmed by the number of rejections. One reviewer simply clicked through signature checks in less than two seconds each. That's evidence. And the judge dismissed it. So you're never going to win. If you're a Republican, you are never going to win an election review case. Never. It's just not going to happen. So when a judge accepts the case like this judge did, it was a, it was all a show. All a, it was a dog and pony show. Hey, you know, we didn't reject the case. We took the case. And then he dismissed it despite that evidence that I just read you. That's all evidence. All evidence. So where does Carrie Lake go? I guess she appeals that dismissal. I don't know how Arizona law works. If a dismissal is different than a judge's verdict, but the verdict is clear here. He didn't want to hear the rest of the case. Can you imagine that? It never ends. The corruption of this country never ends. As Charlie Hurt pointed out earlier in the show, all you have to do is remember what lengths these people will go to, and you saw that in the Durham report, in order to win an election. They'll do literally anything. And they do it because they know they can get away with it. They can lie under oath to a FISA court. Hillary Clinton did that. Uh, Barry Hussein Obama did that. And no no complications. No ramifications. No accountability. None. So they, they know they can do all of this. They can tamper with the machines. They can tamper with ballots. Nothing happens. Where's the motivation for the Democrats to stop cheating? There isn't any. You only stop cheating if you're a cheater when you know there's punishment awaiting you if you get caught. There's no punishment awaiting these people. They're probably getting a big attaboy from the judges, from the rest of the liberal thieves and crooks and criminals. But it never ends. That's why I say a, a life in Europe seems much more attractive than here. I don't know what the taxes are like over there, but are they actually much higher than they are here? I don't know. I'd have to look into that. Gas prices are probably higher. Living in London would not be an option. Too many Muslims there. That whole city's been overrun by Muslims. Not that I'm against Muslims, mind you, but I'm against terrorists. And they've had plenty of terror attacks in London. So I'm just not big on it. Just not big on it at all. Hello, Bobby. How are you? I hey, just, I, just I heard my about, name, Kevin. I just talked about the lawsuit. I know. Thanks Thanks so much for uh, updating us. Hey, Kevin, um, there's another thing I wanted to tell you, too, that's real woke out here is, you know, Mark Lamb is running against uh, um, Kristen Sinema, uh as a Republican, and he's a Pinal County sheriff. And, you know, he lost children in that car accident last year. Remember that? 
I don't remember that, but um... all right. Well, it was his boy, twenty-two years old, and the fiance and the, the baby. That's awfully so, tragic. But, oh, it is. You know, and and we live with it every day. But what I'm saying to you is, mothers against drunk driving were heralding his appearance at their um, function. Right? That's what they did. They they re uninvited him. Unbelievable. I could not believe it. I, I mean, that's the kind of crap that's going on in this world. Yeah, and you know what? It's it's time that you and I are not surprised by it anymore. We we shouldn't no, be surprised I, when we say it's unbelievable. I, we shouldn't really think it's unbelievable because they'll do anything. Exactly. They'll literally hey, do anything. I know it. Hey, Kev, that's I didn't want to bother you, but uh, just tell our your listeners to say a prayer for us this weekend, okay? Will do, Bobby. Thanks, bud. Thank you. Appreciate right, the call. Uh, thanks, Kevin. Bye, Bobby calling from the Phoenix area. Yep, I feel for Kerry Lake. We'll say a prayer for Bobby and his family this weekend. But what a what a crazy when I saw that this morning I thought, what? Wait a minute. Dismissed it with all that evidence. Unbelievable. All right, folks, we're gonna run and we'll be back fighting the good fight again for you tomorrow morning, right here in the Window World King's Court on KevinSlaytonshow.com. Don't forget the podcast right here. On our website, on Spotify, Apple, Amazon, Google, Anchor, and any place you listen to podcasts. Love you, Mom. Love you, Dad. Love you, Maureen. So long, everybody. Ah!